0: You're listening to the Peacock and
1: Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock at BB Peacock on Twitter. Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. Fast and Furious recapping all of the action from Sunday on today's show. Looking ahead at Monday Night Football as well. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. A lot of football watching going on. Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock. ton of injuries to get into. Who won, who lost, why they won or lost, what it means for those teams and this season and Matt, we're doing pretty well with our picks. We stayed one ahead of the action network. My back a little bit sore today though, not from all the sitting on the couch, but from <laughs> from carrying you in our in our picks here. I went 3 for 3 again. I like I don't expect Strong. this to continue. You were one of 3 this week and that was narrow with that last Sunday night game as well. It was a it was a fun week of football games though.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean unfortunately the injuries and we'll get to a lot of those and talk about them throughout the week too was one of the, the themes that you hate. And it was a lot of prominent players and fantasy relevant players, but there's good football going on and there's storyline after storyline. Let, let's dig in. I, I guess I got to pick it up. One out of three, isn't going to cut it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to cut it, Matt. No, we're no, still man. doing pretty well. No, Look, we're, we're, strong. we're um, we are, let's see, what, what is our total score here? I want to pull it up and get it right. So we are nine of 12. I mean, that's winning money. Action yeah. Network is 8 of 12, so we're all doing good here. If you're listening to this show and you're taking some of our advice, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape.
1: Absolutely. You can retire at those that level. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: The news just coming down now, confirmation from uh, multiple sources that it is indeed a torn ACL for Giants running back Saquon Barkley and his season will be over. So let's start with that Giants-Bears game. The Bears did beat the Giants. 17-13, Bears improving to 2-0 on the season, Giants falling to 0-2, and uh, a double whammy there for the Giants losing their best player.
1: Yeah, and the Bears got up early. This was a 17-0 game at the half. Um, dare I say Trubisky's been serviceable. I'm not saying he's Joe Montana or anything, but he's been better than last yeah. year, and they've gotten David Montgomery pretty well you know, acclimated and you know running the offense. Uh, not a lot of Allen Robinson in this game, but... We didn't expect this to exactly be fireworks galore. Uh, that that giant D isn't great, but now I mean, it it's already seems like there's a handful of teams already that are zero to two. That almost feels like, oh well, so sad, another wasted year. And the Giants <laughs> top that list. And without Barkley, and I guess Devontae Freeman's visiting there today. That makes perfect sense. You can't just live with Dion Lewis. Yeah, but you you got to set it up that you know, and Freeman would help this that. Make Jones' progression still going forward. I mean, that has to be the goal here.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And look, I, I didn't expect much from the New York Giants. I'm sure they expected a little bit more, hmm. and Giants fans might have expected more. And it looks like it's going to be a tough season. They, I mean, and you have to run your off, r- offense through Saquon Barkley if he's that kind of a talent. Maybe now it's like, okay, we can go, we can change things up a little bit. And in a way, it helps Daniel Jones to be like, okay, you know, that. You don't have that crutch anymore. Like, we're going to get you another running back, maybe, but. This is your show, so let's run this offense efficiently. Let's see if you can go win some games. It'll be a big test the rest of the way for Daniel Jones, and I'm looking forward to see how he responds. But, I mean, Saquon's a good weapon in the passing game, too. He's not just your running back either. So um, that that's, right. that's just rough, and you hate to see really great young players get hurt and, and miss entire seasons like Saquon Barkley. He was injured last year as well. And, by the way, the fantasy landscape, I mean, there's at least three first-round picks in almost every league that aren't going to be around for a while.
1: Including the first two in many leagues, yes. <laughs> it was just crazy. And I wonder, big picture, you know, like, are we going to look back at Barkley and everyone will probably blame Gettleman. You know, shouldn't have made, you shouldn't have taken him running back that high and, and kind of had a Barry Sanders is a rich comparison, but boy got used up in the tough times and he was injured a lot last year. And, you know, like, uh, Here's, here's a quick question for you. Is Saquon Barkley a first-round fantasy player next year? I think yes, right?
0: I think he would be. Yeah, I Pop think he five. would have I, to probably be. Not. As long as you're probably waiting for those reports. Hopefully there's some preseason. Yeah. He has time to get back and get ready to go for the beginning of the season. It, it I'm guessing, you know, because it's usually around a 12-month process. Lucky, luckily, it was the beginning of the season. So I think True. the expectations will be that he'll be back and ready to go to start the season. Probably won't have a lot of... Probably won't even play a snap in the preseason, but you'll at least have reports. And so that'll be touch and go deciding, okay, is he healthy? Is he going to be ready to go for week one? It'll be tough depending on when you draft. But I would imagine, I mean, he's too talented and too valuable in fantasy leagues that uh, even as a pass catching back, that he should be a first round pick, even if he drops behind a few guys.
1: I assume so. I just hope he doesn't get used up by the time the Giants and Jones start to develop.
0: Look, this is why you don't start with the running back. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. And, and look, what's going on in Carolina, let's move on to that game next because okay. uh, it looks like with Christian McCaffrey's ankle, he's going to miss some significant time, at least uh, a, a number of weeks here with that injury. And, you know, it was one-two for Saquon and McCaffrey in most, most leagues. Um, and for the Panthers, who are a rebuilding team, they paid the running back first. And, uh, like, you don't want to lose good players, but I just don't think that that's the way you build – a team. And I think we're seeing it with both the Giants and the Panthers. Like, what you're going to use up this running back, and now what? So, um, I would have traded Christian McCaffrey if I was in charge of the Panthers. I know he's the guy that's selling the jerseys, and it's hard to do that. But, and this is kind of the reason why, and we're seeing it. And this is why a lot of people go zero running back strategy, too, by the way. But uh, I think there's a lot of zero running backers out there that are kind of puffing out their chest. See, this is why I do it. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm fully on that, uh, on board with that. But anyway, um, the Carolina Panthers fall. To the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 31-17. The Panthers now 0-2 to start the season. Uh, as with the Giants, not a lot of expectations for me with the Panthers, and that's the way their season's going. Now lose their best player.
1: Yeah, and both the Panthers and Giants look like they are in line for top five type of picks. McCaffrey's gonna be out for a while. Bridgewater's been fine, but you know, underwhelming. And I think he's a spot starter. You know, I mean, he's not gonna preclude them from taking Lawrence or Fields or somebody like that. I do like their weaponry and how they're using Anderson and lesser degree Samuel, but DJ Moore. Um, But I think this TBD is quite good. They were clearly the better team. They got up early. I mean, this was 21-0 at the half, and a lot of the Panther production was garbage time-ish. I think their D is quite good. But I don't know that Brady and certainly Gronk are back or or ever going to be back
0: wrong it doesn't seem like and I was high on Gronk coming into this season because just Gronk rolling out there at six foot seven I thought was gonna be a weapon and his rapport with Tom Brady I thought okay that's a no-brainer he's gonna get red zone targets this is gonna be easy money drafting him in the 13th round or wherever I got Gronk I was surprised that that was something I was able to do and now I'm not starting him and it's like yeah maybe Gronk's not gonna be the guy anymore and Brady um Brady doesn't have the arm he used to have I mean that's clear seeing him throw some of these balls and you know same with Drew Brees it's just you know that's that's age catching up with you. But, I mean, they're, they're going to be a formidable team. The thing that jumped okay. out to me is Leonard Fournette, a little extra Gideon. Yeah. 12 carries, 103 yards, a couple of touchdowns. There was that one touchdown run where he was running away from guys. There was a little vintage Fournette there. Maybe maybe we were selling Fournette a little bit short. I don't know.
1: I think it's intriguing. I mean, do, you, do we assume it's going to be his backfield now? Which I think when they signed him, wouldn't have blown us away if he said after two games, he'd be he pushes Ronald Jones to the backup role. Not the four nets great, but he did look good. Um, I think you got to be reinvigorated getting out of the environment that you didn't want to be in before and, and being in this environment, but you don't play the Panthers every week. And this was late in the game when the Panthers were pretty beat up too. So we'll see, but I bet he's their lead guy going forward.
0: Yeah. And it looks like he already is their lead guy. Uh, and this was more of a, a... A game script for to run a, a player like Fournette more than a player like Ronald Jones. And then there was that mix up with Ronald Jones, and they put the ball on the ground on a handoff with Tom Brady. And Brady is not going to like that. So that'll that get you overwhelmed. Yeah. that yeah. get you on the bench real quick if you're Ronald Jones. <laughs> um, and if you have, if you need a tiebreaker in your fantasy leagues ever, play your running backs against the Carolina Panthers. I exactly. think we're seeing two weeks in a row, their run defense
1: is atrocious. And KK Short didn't play in this one. And I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, and this defense is going to be very fantasy-friendly. I don't think the Bucs are, though. I think the Bucs' D is legit.
0: I love the Bucks D, yeah. Antoine Winfield yeah. showing up as a rookie and playing and fixing some of the problems they had there on the back end, too. So uh, the problems they had last year, I think, have been pretty well fixed. I like Tampa Bay going forward. I think they're only going to be better.
1: Yeah, and Brady doesn't have to be Superman. I mean, I said this a bunch in the offseason, that if he doesn't throw 30 picks, they'll be better. And he's not going to throw 30 picks.
0: Right. Exactly. Right, <laughs> exactly. You know. Yeah. One of those problems they fix. Yeah. Well, you, you stop that leak and you're going to be in pretty good shape. Maybe you stop mm-hmm. the sinking boat. Um, Get Godwin back. Oh, right. Yeah. Godwin back. And that was another one. Because it's like, okay, if one of those receivers is out, if Godwin or Evans is ever out and the other one's playing, like, that's your fantasy star right there. <laughs>
1: yeah. And Evans, Evans looked great after a rough week one. Yeah. You know, he looked great.
0: All right. Let's move on. We've gotten a couple more big time injuries around the NFL and some more games to get to and some thrillers from Sunday on Peacock and Williamson. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities, whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots or our favorite shops. Local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. I think maybe the game with the most injuries was that 49ers game in New York against the Jets, and it was such an odd game because an ominous feel for the 49ers to go out there and roll to a win, 31-13. They absolutely had to win this game after starting the season 0-1 and go beat a bad New York Jets team, so they do, and they win easily, yet you feel terrible because the 49ers likely lost defensive end Nick Bosa to a torn ACL. For the season, Solomon Thomas, a likely torn ACL, even though he's not, you know, more of a rotational guy. He was starting at defensive tackle the first two weeks, but they do have the first rounder and Javon Kinlaw to jump in there and start in his place. Might be the end of Solomon Thomas in San Francisco as he is a free agent coming up this season as well. And then the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, can't play in the second half. He was hobbled from, I think, the second or third series of the game. His ankle got caught up on the turf as he was getting sacked, and he's got a high ankle sprain, unlikely to play next week as they stay in New York to play the Giants. I mean, just Raheem Mostert didn't play the second half after right. taking it 80 yards on the very first play of the game. I mean, 31-13, that's not the story. It was how many injuries that, that happened on both sides, especially hitting the 49ers hard right now.
1: Yeah, it might, my quick take on this game, and you're obviously more dialed in and watched every snap, I assume, that you know I'm working on my power ranks for Pro Football Network, and I have to drop the Niners right now just because of where they are in terms of being able to compete right this second. I mean, you're counting on jordan reed to be your durable guy <laughs> and i'm mean, like yes. holy cow and Jarrett mckinnon i mean those are your guys and count yeah and you're hoping
0: your... jason verrett can get back like that right, those are the guys you're right, right. gonna hope <laughs> carry you through i mean that is a tough place to be uh, in yeah the
1: three most injury guys pro guys of the league um but they're the better team still i mean the, it, i brought up my power ranks because i am to drop the niners at least temporarily and i think the jets are clearly 32 like did you watch that game and, and get the feeling that New York really couldn't beat anyone right now. Like in my little write-up, I'm like, here, here's a little, little nugget. The only Jets to touch the ball more than twice in this game were Frank Gore, LaMichael P. Ryan, Chris Hogan, Braxton Berrios, and Josh Malone. Like you're not beating anybody with that guy.
0: With no, and by the way, Hogan, who's been their best receiver, was one of the guys who got hurt as well right. for the Jets. Right. And I, I don't know what the prognosis is there, but – It's they were absolutely the worst team in the NFL. I mean, it's not even close to me. And people have said uh, that the 49ers now with all these injuries say, you know what, rest everybody. Let's tank for Trevor Lawrence. I was like, it's too late. They already won a game. The Jets have it have that locked up like that's (laughs) how bad I thought the Jets were there. And, you know, uh, Sam Darnold deserves better. I would like to see him in another place and maybe get a fresh start somewhere. By the way, he's still six months younger than Joe Burrow. So some, some developmental opportunities there, I think, with Sam Darnold. He made one really nice throw on his touchdown pass on a scramble. So I did like to see that. But I if, if I owned the Jets, I would have fired Adam Gase and Greg Williams. Yeah. Especially Greg Williams. Like uh b- before but before I let anybody leave the facility after that game. Because there was two plays that were like high school level plays. First was the first play of the game. Raheem Mostert takes a toss around the right side untouched, torches everybody, touchdown. Like those are the, you don't see that in the NFL where guys don't even get a fingertip on a guy. You just run, right. everyone's blocked, and you outrun everybody. It looked like one of those high school games where there's a D1 recruit running silly on some other dudes that are you know, 5'8", 125 pounds and just trying to play high school football. That's what it looked like in that game. Later in the game, there was a third down and 31. And a good player, but he's not oh, like yeah. Jim Brown. Right, yeah, and <laughs> he's got Jim. Actually, he's, he's the first running back to have – Back-to-back games where he had uh, 75-plus-yard plays. He had the 75-yard reception last week, 80-yard run this week. And he had another y- long one that was called back because of a hold. It was almost an identical type of a play where he's outran everybody. Um, since Jim Brown. He's the first player to do that since Jim oh, wow. Brown. So that's <laughs> sort of what's happening right now uh, with the 49ers. And uh, Mostert missed the second half with a minor knee injury. But... There was another play later in the game by the Jets that was third and 31. This was in the second half when Nick Mullins was in at quarterback. And it's third and 31. They handed the ball off to Jarek McKinnon, who made a nice little cut and he ran 55 yards, a 55 yard run in third and 31. Like, I would, I would, if I was an Eloner, I go down to the field level, I take away those headsets, and I say, sorry, guys. you'll No more. It's, it's, yeah. it's time for someone else to run this show. I mean, that's bad. Those are high school plays that you can't have. The Jets are, the Jets are, by far the worst team I've seen so far this year.
1: Yeah. They're they're a distant 32nd for me right now.
0: And with the 49ers, they have some hope. It's, you know, they're missing their quarterback. They're two best players in Kittle and Bosa. Bosa's not coming back. Richard Sherman's out right now. Debo Samuels out right now. Um, they have an opportunity for all those players, though, to be healthy around week five and six, and that's the hope for the Niners is they do get healthy for the really tough part of their schedule that starts. Basically from week seven on and that's the hope. The Niners have to get healthy and then and be really good then and they have an opportunity to play some some lighter opponents right now and try to get through this. But uh it looks like Bose is gone for the year.
1: Yeah. And obviously the, the, the thing you didn't mention there though is the NFC West is undefeated. You know, like, yes. <laughs> you, know, like you could fall behind quickly in that group and be in fourth place before you know it, even not playing that poorly right now.
0: The only loss so far in the NFC West was to another NFC West opponent. So they haven't lost yeah. outside the division yet.
1: Yeah, Let's go
0: to one of the funnest games of Sunday, which was the Cowboys narrowly defeating the Atlanta Falcons, 40-39. to And Matt, I thought we nailed it with our preview of this game. The Falcons are a good bad team and the Cowboys are a bad good team and the Falcons let the Cowboys back in and they came back and won that game just unbelievable there after jumping out to an early lead in Dallas Uh, I don't know what what was your takeaway with this game it was fun to watch I'll say that but I I didn't come out of this feeling great about either team it was uh, although it was uh, entertaining
1: yeah absolutely I mean it was definitely the most entertaining game the most noteworthy game And, and you mentioned the early lead I mean they were up 20 to nothing early and they won the turnover battle 3 to nothing. They had a 15-point lead with just over 5 minutes left in the game. In obviously the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl sort of comes to mind. But this happens a little too often for this franchise. And the offense is good, but it would be nice to have a running game, you know. I mean, it makes these things a little easier. You shorten the game, you put you beat up on a defense a little bit and a lot and as opposed to allowing teams to hang around and let's give Dak Prescott a little bit of credit too. I mean, you talk about fantasy producers. Holy cow.
0: Yeah. Massive production there. And it's, it seems like we talked about the Carolina defense is this going to be the game script going forward for the Dallas Cowboys. Like you just take the over every week and that's going to be, that's going to be the way it goes. It seems like it. And Mike McCarthy, the the early returns on Mike McCarthy are that some people are like, eh, I don't know, maybe same guy, maybe same guy from Dallas or same guy from Green Bay.
1: Yeah. You know, it was a lot of talk, including I said it all the time that you upgrade to a more professional coach. You'll win the close games better. You'll be better on special teams. You know, some of those things you kind of take for granted. And I guess they won a close game, but I don't know that I feel light years more confident that they're going to out coach somebody or win many tight games.
0: So many fantasy contributors in this one, too. You mentioned mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, 450-yard passing. Uh, he only had the one-touchdown pass. But C.D. Lamb went over 100 yards for the first time in his career. Amari Cooper, nearly identical line, six catches, 100 yards. Uh, on the other, Michael Gallup had an amazing catch on the sideline going up to get the ball. Yeah. On the other side, I mean, I think Wednesday showing up in our stock up, stock down has to be Calvin Ridley. Seven catches, oh, 109 yards, and another pair of touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I think Ridley's legit. He's not uh necessarily Robin De Julio's Batman I think if he were in numerous cities he would be the number 1 and excelling without Julio on the other side great route runner uh, an a great player yeah let's go to the Titans
0: and the Jaguars 33-30 the Titans with another game winning field goal beating the Jaguars Titans improved to 2-0 Jaguars hanging on though making things tough for people and those who bet on the Titans uh they lost in this one the Jaguars are are crushing some some betters right now
1: and they're nowhere close to the 32nd team in the league. I mean, right. it, that in itself is noteworthy and impressive. And I can't believe I'm going to say this because the words came out of my mouth many times this offseason that Minshew can't be good enough for them to pass on Lawrence or Fields. He might be good enough to pass on Lawrence or Fields and take some other stud somewhere else. I mean, I think Minshew's a legit guy. It's his team. You know, you got Chark and Chenault and they're kind of fun.
0: Absolutely. And Minshew's going to make the point moot because he he's playing too good for them to even have the opportunity at this point. I mean, they're right. only one and one right now, but if they win three, four games, that might be enough to not even have the opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence anyways. So Gardner Minshew, I love what I'm seeing from him. Like the poise, the the touch. That throw he made to, uh, I think it was Chris Thompson out of the backfield on the wheel route. I mean, he threw that ball so early and high and led him perfectly right in the end zone. I mean, just amazing. I love seeing, I love watching Gardner Minshew play. By the way, the rookie that came out of nowhere, James Robinson, to win the starting running back job, 16 carries, 102 yards against that Titans defense.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. You know, I keep referencing my power ranks. This is what I'm working on right now. I don't really know where to put Tennessee. You know, like, they're winning, um... Tannehill played well. No A.J. Brown. I think Corey Davis and John U. Smith are good weapons. I'm not real sure what the Titans are right now, though.
0: pair of touchdowns for John Smith. Four touchdown passes for Ryan Tannehill. I think I have a pretty good feeling on where Tennessee is. I think they are built in a way, and the Patriots, you know, we're kind of like this, and this is the Patriots coaching tree in Tennessee, is they're built in a way that, games are going to be close they're going to win a lot of the close games where they're they're a pretty good team and they're going to win a lot of games but they're not going to blow a lot of people out so if you see any lines where they're favored miserable. by a ton it's hard to bet on them to do that
1: who's the best team in the south
0: uh tennessee yeah uh i, I still I like the colts so. I, and the colts had a bounce back we could talk about them next if you want um sure. i the
1: vikings stink by the way
0: oh the vikings are bad the vikings yeah. are terrible i mean it's uh, Defense. We knew there was going to be some problems there defensively, but Kirk Cousins, one of his worst games ever: eleven of twenty-six, one hundred and thirteen yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. As the Colts beat the Vikings 28-11. Vikings now zero two. Colts improved to one and one.
1: Yeah, and you know, again, I've been doing a little bit of research on these teams, and here's you know, here's my little blurb on the Vikings: a ball control team by nature. The Vikings possessed the ball for a measly 21 minutes and 35 seconds against the Colts in week two. But hey, at least that beats the 18 minutes and 44 seconds that Minnesota's offense was on the field for week one. And oh, by the way, the Vikings defense has allowed 71 points in the process. Like, this is everything they don't stand for. You know, defensive-minded head coach, tough D, control the ball, Dalvin Cook rushing for hundreds of yards, and they're doing none of that. And Cousins is not the quarterback for that type of system. You know that type of you know game script.
0: No, no, no. He's uh, the quarterback of a team that plays defense. You run the ball well, play action. That's Kirk Cousins' game. Um, This is tough. It's going to be a tough season for the Vikings. I was low on them coming into the season, but they've looked worse than that. Worse than I expected.
1: Yeah, they're going to pick in the top ten.
0: Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it's pretty clear. He's the dude there. 26 carries in this one, 101 yards. He had a touchdown. He hasn't had an amazing yards per carry so far in his first two games as a rookie, but uh, they drafted him high, and without Mac, he's going to be the dude there. So um, that's very clear. Pittman wasn't sure if he was going to play in this game. He ended up playing four catches. Mo Ali cox that was the story. Five catches yeah. for
1: 111 yards. A big, talented receiver. You know, Paris Campbell's my guy. He got hurt in this one. I, I think the news is okay on him. I think Jonathan Taylor, speaking of fantasy, is going to be a league-winner type. I think Mo Alley-Cox was quite good. Um, your boy DeForest Buckner had a really good game, too. Yeah, so. one-and-a-half sacks. Yeah, Colts are good. Colts are good.
0: I like uh, the Colts. I like the Colts. And they're going to get better. Uh, they, they're in a lot the doesn't hurt them. Both these teams had a lot of changeover in the offseason. True. But positive for the Colts, they'll get better. Not sure about the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I don't think they will. In fact, I'm pretty sure about the Vikings.
0: I do not like the direction they're going. No. More Peacock and Williamson coming up, breaking down the rest of Sunday's action, making our picks for Monday night football next. Big hungry, little bit of time, Built Bar then is for you and you'll feel good about grabbing a Built Bar morning, midday snack, a meal replacement if you're looking to stay in shape, you want to feel good about a high protein, low sugar protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, go to BuiltBar.com, get a box with a very special discount. Promo code LOCKED ON for $10 off your next order. Not only is it low calorie, low sugar, high protein, but high fiber and even great for a keto diet. Peanut butter, my favorite flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar. Uh, if you want to go with the new cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. Go to builtbar.com. Build your own box of Built Bars or get one of the 18 fantastic flavors that are covered in 100% chocolate and use promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Promo code LOCKED ON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. How about the Packers blowing out the Lions 42 21. I feel like the Packers are just. Like, Because last year they were so good, 13-3, and but you didn't feel like they were a 13-win team. And mm-hmm. the way they lost in the playoffs is like, eh, they, they got pretty well dominated. I just feel like they were a lot better than than that. And maybe not a lot better than their 13-3 record, but better than the playoff Packers we saw. And I think a second year in this system for Aaron Rodgers has been massive. And they're playing with some big-time confidence. And it's helped them to have Marquez Valdez Scantling kind of develop into the the clear number two receiver there in Green Bay.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And uh, Packers fans, I, I think I sold your team short. I was very hard on them this offseason. And Mr. Rogers, I think I sold you short. You're playing extremely well. Um, two little nuggets that you didn't mention from this game. Aaron Jones is a superstar talent and was the best player on the field. And Matt Patricia could be fighting with Adam Gates, maybe for yeah. first guy to get the axe.
0: Mm-hmm. 168 yards on the ground 18 carries two touchdowns for Aaron Jones
1: some Packer O-line injuries and Devontae Adams injuries I haven't heard much about but just keep an eye on this week though. yeah
0: definitely we're gonna wait for a lot of these and we'll have more information on most of those injuries Tuesday we did get the SACON news but we're gonna wait for MRIs and find out more about uh about the injuries around the NFL and there were a ton of them Dolphins Bills the Bills holding on to beat the Dolphins the Dolphins competitive in this one this was one of your games I believe you lost in the six-pack.
1: I think I did, because I thought the Bills would beat them more handily. You had the Bills giving up
0: six over the Dolphins, and it was a three-point victory.
1: Yeah, and I didn't watch a ton of this. I, I definitely think the biggest takeaway, though, is if players are stocks, The one going up the most in the league right now might be Josh Allen, and he's still going to have those five plays a game where you kind of scratch your head or fumbles or whatever, but he's noticeably better than last year. Another guy that I've been very hard on. I think Stephon Diggs coming around, adding him, helps that quite a bit. I mean, Allen has seven touchdowns. One of them's a rushing one. He's thrown for over 700 yards. I mean, he's doing all right.
0: He's going to give Bills fans a heart attack. That that run he made yeah. where he was, like, fighting for yards and then fumbles, and then he'll make some crazy throw. 417 yards and four touchdowns, though. I mean, this was probably his best game. Like, this is where Bills fans, and I think I saw a little bit on, on Twitter where Bills fans are flexing a little bit. He's like, okay, where are yeah, all yeah. the Josh Allen haters? You know, 400 yards, four touchdowns. Let's go. We got our guy. Shut up about it. So, uh, you know, I mean, they, they have the right it's it's their turn to gloat i think right now
1: yes and i just said good things about them i hope i still am at halloween and thanksgiving and christmas and you know you
0: matt know. williamson's still not impressed guys he's not sold
1: <laughs> bill's mafia is gonna come murder me right
0: stefan Diggs, the beneficiary there with that 400 yards passing from josh allen eight catches 153 yards and a score the Dolphins are I mean the Dolphins aren't as bad as the Jets. I think they've proven they can be com- more competitive at least in the first 2 weeks, but you know, they're de- they're 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 definitely down there and still some work to do there and Tua Watch is definitely on. I mean, it's much better game yeah. in in week 2 for Ryan Fitzpatrick and good for him. He's going to hold on to the job a little bit longer. 328 yards passing a couple of touchdowns after week 1 if he has more of those stinkers though, you just got to put in Tua.
1: Yeah, and they got Kiseki going and I I don't dislike their receivers. And again, Fitz was better in week two, clearly. But this is a bottom five team.
0: Gusecki, I'm glad you mentioned him. 130 yards, uh, had the nice touchdown. Isaiah Ford, too. Undrafted guy who's fought through. And he's basically, it's him and and Devontae Parker now that are getting the bulk of the targets there at wide receiver. He had seven catches, which is, I'm sure, the most in his career. And he's fought from being an undrafted guy and had some injuries early on and, and is now part of... I remember him in at Virginia Tech. I liked Isaiah Ford a lot. I mean, he's not a you know a superstar athlete or anything like that, but um, has a little bit of length and can catch the ball and get open. So yeah, I to, so I to shout to out Isaiah it. Ford. Yeah, you're right. Who's next? Oh, Rams, Eagles. This is one of my six pack that I won. I mean, I, I've I've been riding the Rams and the Green Bay Packers so far this season in my picks, and it's worked out well for me. And the Eagles uh, look like a shell of them former selves, and we saw a team that underachieved last year, and this version is even worse i mean fans are getting worried in philadelphia rams blowing out the eagles 37 19 in this one
1: yeah i thought golf played extremely well i mean they're the offense in general to me is quite good for the rams and i think the concerns about their offensive line were overblown this offseason mcveigh has you know a wealth of weapons to use Goff's playing well they're running the ball well not an easy matchup at all for the Eagles, but I did take Philly to win this. I didn't think they'd be an zero and two type team. I thought they'd rebound better than they did. Wentz is still turning the ball over. They're they're searching right now. I guess is the best way I could say about the Eagles. They're they're searching. Yeah, and they're it might not be their year.
0: Trying to figure something out there. They got Miles Sanders back that you thought would help, and he had twenty carries for ninety five yards and a touchdown. All right, cool, but I mean that that didn't help.
1: Didn't um, go that far. Right. And that
0: committee that's going on in the Rams' backfield, Cam Akers getting hurt. I haven't seen what's, I think he left in the first quarter, didn't come back after three oh, yeah. carries. And that gave Daryl Henderson the opportunity to have his best game, 12 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. 6.8 yards per clip there for Daryl Henderson. So um, if Akers is out, that makes it easier. But if Akers is playing, Malcolm Brown had been heavily involved in both games. I mean, that's a tough backfield to figure out, even though I love Cam Akers to eventually win that. Uh, if he's hurt, he can't do it.
1: I I feel like the offense is humming enough in a very McVeigh-like manner that no offense to Brown, Henderson, Akers, it doesn't really matter who their running back is. They're going to run the ball well.
0: Three touchdowns for Tyler Higby, by the way, too.
1: Yeah, how about that?
0: Steelers. The Rams are good. The Rams are good. I like the Rams. I like the direction they're going right now. The Steelers hold on to beat the Broncos, thought this had an opportunity to be a blowout game for Pittsburgh. 26-21, though, Steelers do hold on to beat Denver.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of how it went. I mean, Drew Locke went out very early. They were already without Von Miller. Cortland Sutton played, but not the whole game. He left. I mean, they're rivaling your Niners as the most injured team in the league. I mean, Jeff Driscoll came in. I got to be impartial, though, man. Jeff Driscoll played well, and Melvin Gordon and Judy and Hamler and Fant, These guys are legit weapons and Sutton, you know, and the Steeler D made some plays and Driscoll was under a lot of duress, as you can imagine, but he hung in there and he made throws that, um, doesn't excuse the Steeler D, but when quarterbacks make throws, it really doesn't matter who the defense is. I thought this was far from Pittsburgh's first best game though. It was kind of sloppy, too many penalties, Um, they allowed more big plays than you would imagine on defense, but give the the Broncos some credit too. I I like their, their nucleus of young, um, weapons. And and I, I'm pretty sure Tomlin said something along the line. I'll hear it here in a couple hours about the Munchak influence, the, the, the Munchak influence on, um, kind of manipulating this aggressive Steeler defense and getting them too far up field. And then Melvin Gordon would cut it back. You know, like I think Tomlin said something about Munch knowing this defense certainly was not in, did not helpful to us, which makes a lot of sense because Melvin Gordon was good too.
0: We'll find out more about Drew Locke's injury, uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, again, yeah, a lot of injuries there for the Broncos, yeah. which is unfortunate. And I do have to say, Kevin Colbert, is he the best evaluator of wide receivers in the NFL? It's
1: crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Claypool's a star, and Deontay Johnson's a star.
0: It's crazy how good those players yeah. are with Juju. I mean, that long touchdown from Chase Claypool, he didn't look nearly— I thought he was the, the slightest bit stiff in college, and I I thought he maybe even a tight end, and he doesn't look like that at all right now in Pittsburgh.
1: I gotta be honest, when they made the pick, I kind of went, yeah I, I don't love it. You know, I did so many shows saying, who would you take at that spot? And he was right outside the list, but everyone that was at camp and saw them, I wasn't on that, you know, exclusive list with the COVID thing. They all came back saying he's going to be a star. I mean, he was the talk of camp. He's way more sudden than I thought. I thought he was going to be kind of a build-up speed dude. He's one of their best special teamers already. I mean, he's... Has a hard time getting on the field because the other three receivers are quite good, but he has star qualities already.
0: We're going to go long on this episode. That's okay. There's a couple other games to get to, but I want to ask you this other question too, because it popped up during that 49ers game and 49ers players were pretty upset after the game about the turf at MetLife Stadium. And it's the second game so far this season at on that new turf and Eric Armstead went straight to his locker after the game 49ers defensive lineman and says at NFL fix this trash MetLife turf 2020 is so whack and I wanted to ask you what was the report from that turf because the Pittsburgh Steelers played the Giants on that same turf in week one and I know there were some injuries James Conner and some others was there talk of of that being a turf that was unsafe to play on
1: that's interesting because no I had not heard that and it's one of my biggest pet peeves you know like I remember when at Pitt, we went to Temple and played in the old Met, and it was like cement, you know, I mean, it, or whatever the, the Philly turf was called, you know, like it, And I remember the Steelers went to the Raiders last year and just said that team speed didn't matter because it was so thick and nasty. And, you know, they, the, I, I really think the NFL, and this was something they kind of addressed in the competition committee this offseason. There has to be a standard. You know, like, remember they went to Mexico City last year and boy, the field's not good enough to play on. Like, that should never happen. Never. Never. I mean, unless there's a monsoon. I mean, if weather makes it happen, fine. But by no means should the fields not be the best in America.
0: Artificial turf in a stadium with open air, too that dumbfounds me like put some grass yeah. in there. There should be grass on every single field in the NFL. We've got the technology now, even in a dome to put grass in there. If we want to, uh, I I'm if it's unsafe, that's, you know, that's very Horrible. bad. And there's talk that the 49ers are like, look, we, we have to, cause they have to play the giants again, same turf next week. Right. They, they can't go through that again. If it's really a problem, They're going to ask the league to say, hey, let's let's go play in Washington because they're not home or or play this game somewhere else because we're not, we are just not going to allow our players to go out and play on that. I don't know if it's to that extent, but um, you can't have an unsafe playing environment for for players.
1: I don't think it's brought up enough, but I think it's one of the most unacceptable things going on in the league the last 10 years or so. I mean, this isn't 1965, you know, I mean, make this feels perfect.
0: Yeah, for all the player safety stuff and protocols that are put in place and they're trying to protect players and then you go out and let them just tear every ligament (laughs) during the game because the turf's bad. I mean, that's unacceptable.
1: Exactly, exactly. That can't ever happen. I mean, it's different, again, if there's a massive storm during the game or right before, I get that, or snow and, you know, things outside of human control. But these fields need to be pristine.
0: We got to move on to the Cardinals who are making a statement right now in the early going of this season. They beat... Washington 30 to 15 Cardinals improved to 2 and 0 Washington surprise winners in week one now one and one on the season the story here is Kyler Murray Uh, he's fun to watch and he's frustrating as heck to play against
1: he's remarkable to watch and he's noticeably better to me I guess I mentioned Kyle Allen's a stock on the rise the most I probably am wrong about that I think it's Kyler Murray he looks faster he looks more comfortable he looks better throwing the football having Hopkins helps Cardinals D looks a little better but I thought Washington was pretty good, you know, like Haskins and McLaurin and Gibson starting to step up. Like, I have very low bar for them, but they're exceeding that bar at least.
0: Master stroke from Steve Keim to go get DeAndre Hopkins and give yeah. a young quarterback that safety blanket and Murray's ability as a runner. And they don't run a ton of planned runs they let it come naturally and when he gets out in the open field he's so small with those short legs and quick and makes plays happen he had two rushing touchdowns in that game such a weapon so yeah
1: stop jackrabbit man. yeah
0: it's it's unbelievable all right we gotta keep going here uh chargers and chiefs the chargers keeping this one close in fact narrowly beating the chiefs it took overtime and a butker field goal for the chiefs to beat the chargers 23 20 this was one of your losses in our six pack the chiefs were favored by nine in this one
1: yeah, I also didn't think Justin Herbert would be the starting quarterback. And, wow. I mean, good for him. He made some plays. He threw the ball well. He looked like he belonged, you know, thrown into the fire right away. Sounds like Tyrod's going to take his job back sooner than later, but he's, quote, week to week. I think that's crazy. I know it's only one game. but Insanity. Uh, Herbert, yeah, it's insanity. And you know, the Chiefs, or, or the, the big thing I took away here was Chargers rush the passer quite well, and they've shown that after two weeks. But I worry a little bit about the Chiefs' protection. You know, Mahomes was running around for his life quite a bit. And I don't think anybody's shocked that when it came to crunch time, the Chiefs end up winning this thing. And I also don't understand how Anthony Lynn doesn't go for it on fourth and one. You're going to punt it in overtime to Mahomes. You know he's going to get points. He doesn't even have to score, uh, score a touchdown to win. You can't give him the ball.
0: Yeah, Anthony Lynn, big questions there. You don't give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, first of all. And with what we saw from Herbert, like I know old school coaches, they're like, yeah, I don't want someone to lose their starting position because of injury. And it was a surprise thing that Herbert was thrown in there. With what we saw from Herbert, there's zero reason to ever take him out of the game now. He's the guy. He has to be the guy moving forward. And by the way, he has an absolute rocket of an arm. Needs to work on the touch, but that guy could sling the heck out of the ball. 300 yards passing in his debut, had a rushing touchdown too.
1: Yeah, he is very toolsy. Um, th- there will be much rockier times ahead. I mean, th- there's no doubt that next week three might not go so well, but he hung with the Chiefs and, and passed the eyeball test. I mean, that is huge test number one that he, he got an A-plus on.
0: Ravens beat the Texans soundly in Houston, 33-16. Ravens jumping out to a 2-0 record this season, looking like maybe the best team in the NFL. The Texans fall into 0-2, maybe a little bit of... Uh... I mean, you're playing some tough teams to start if you're the Texans, but... To say the least. Yeah, I mean, the two best teams in the NFL. Rough (laughs) schedule for the Texans. You don't want to draw any massive conclusions, but uh, the rest of the team not helping out Deshaun Watson when he needs it, which is what worries
1: me. No, and I think the Texans are an average football team. I mentioned my power ranks. They were the hardest one for me to rank because I don't think they're an 0-2 or a bottom feeder type team, but you get beat soundly in Kansas City opening night and then by the Ravens who frankly, might be better this year than last year. I mean, they've got a lot of guys on defense. Um, Jackson looks as good as ever. And then Houston gets to go to Pittsburgh next week, which, isn't, which is an easy test compared to the first two. But uh, their season might be over before you know it. I think the Ravens are a total powerhouse. I bumped them over Kansas City to number one.
0: And no, I don't know how the Baltimore Ravens are going to utilize their backfield Every week, um, probably no. worthy of flexing Dobbins or Ingram just about every week because they're going to run the heck out of the ball. But uh, I think they're just going to have fun with it and utilize the best they like weapons Gus they Edwards can too. every week. Yeah, and Gus Edwards too, absolutely. 73 yeah. yards on, only 10 carries in this one. I mean, the Ravens are just rough right now. That I don't want to play they're that really team good. at all right now. Right, but they're really good. Uh, Last one here, this is the Patriots and Seahawks. Sunday night football, the Seahawks holding on. I mean, such a fantastic game. There were some good games earlier, but this might have been the best game of Sunday. Uh, And look, when it comes to the Seahawks, take the over because that defensive line cannot get after the passer at all, despite the addition of Jamal Adams. I mean, they still have some problems on defense. And uh, the Patriots, I hated the play call. On the last play of the game, not giving Cam the option, not putting the Seahawks under the stress of not knowing if they're going to run or, or throw the ball. They basically went empty and said, look, we're going to run power with Cam and we're going to shove it down your throat. And to the Seahawks credit, they stopped them. 35-30 Seahawks win over the Patriots.
1: Yeah. And you're right. They they don't rush the passer well. Diggs went out or Quandry Diggs went out early with that helmet to helmet and they Slot corner situation was less than ideal and Edelman carved them up, but I don't think Edelman's going to do that week after week. I think Cam is a real asset and the Patriots are a quality team, but closer to the middle of the pack than the top tier where Seattle and boy, Wilson's just so good. I mean, it, he was amazing last night and uh, they're one of the best teams in the league.
0: He throws such a pretty deep ball. And by the way, how about DK Metcalf earning the, earning the shutdown corner, Stephon Gilmore and coming out of it with four catches, 90, what was it? 92 yards and a touchdown. That 54 yarder was beautiful from both Metcalf and from his quarterback, Russell Wilson, but seeing Metcalf turn on the jets and and gain separation like that away from last year's defensive player of the year. I mean, uh, whew, that was something. Yeah. He's seen him bit develop. better this
1: year too. All
0: right, real quick, Monday night football. We're out of time completely here. We're going way, way over. That's okay. Saints at Raiders, first game in Las Vegas. How do you like this one?
1: Um, I don't have a ton of Drew Brees faith at the moment without Michael Thomas in particular, but I still like them to win reasonably big. I, I mean, it'd be different, I think, if there was a packed house and new building a new black hole or whatever they're going to call it, really cool stadium. And I do think that the, the car and Jacobs and company will move the ball with some consistency. I just think the saints are a far better team and the saints defense is probably the best unit of any out there today.
0: I'll go on to to say, Josh Jacobs is not going to run for three touchdowns again this week. Um, Saints favored by five and a half. I think I'll give up those five and a half points because I just think that's how good the Saints are. And for the Raiders playing in their new stadium, it's not going to have that atmosphere that it would if it was a packed house or anything like that. So they're not going to get that extra, extra bump. And I'm still, even though the Raiders won in week one, I'm still not on board there. Maybe they'll prove me something tonight, but I'm taking the Saints.
1: Yeah, the Raiders' D to me is going to be their downfall and going to be another one of those Carolina- uh, start all your fantasy guys against them. You sure wish Michael Thomas was playing tonight. You know, hey, one of the sneaky of
0: best signings this offseason has to be Emmanuel Sanders, right?
1: I think. I think. Just to um, just to
0: give them coverage now. I mean, if they would have lost, right. you know, if their number one receiver was Ted Ginn right now, that, that would not be a good thing.
1: Right. Trey Smith, those type of guys. It's a good point. I mean, this organization does a very good job of covering their butts in the offseason. You know, uh, Jameis Winston's a perfect example, obviously. And uh, Sanders is along those lines, too, that if we lose one guy, it doesn't kill us.
0: All right. Good stuff, Matt. We went long. I hope everyone stuck around and we'll bring it back tomorrow. We'll do our two minute warning. That will be your questions. We'll take at least one question on every division in the league. Spend two minutes on it. We need your questions, though. Hit us up on Twitter at BD at Williamson NFL. We'll cover all the latest news. We'll get some confirmations on some of those injuries around the league as well. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.